0: Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of Atomic Tommy's Wrestling Podcast. Of course, I'm Tommy, your host. Every week I was saying in my intro, last week when I sent it out, I'm going to be doing different topics. This week I'm going to be doing about Owen Hart. You call him the Black Heart. you call him a little nugget, you call him the King of Hearts. What I call him is a phenomenal wrestler. He would be amazing Today as a trainer for WWE if that's what he chose he loved the business I'll get into that he was so underutilized and that's how I look at it he should have been world champion he probably would have been world champion but unfortunately in May of 99 unfortunately that shortened his life at such a young age so here we go Owen Hart was born on May 7, 1965 in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. He was the youngest of 12. He first gained wrestling experience when he wrestled amateur in high school. And that's also where he met his wife, Martha. Owen did not want to become a wrestler at first. He tried numerous times to do other things outside of wrestling, but couldn't make as much money, anything profitable, to pay the bills. He was trained in his father's Heart Dungeon and worked for his father's Federation Stampede Wrestling and in England for Max Crabtree's joint promotions and matches that broadcast on ITV's World of Sport. He stayed with Stampede for the next couple years while honing his craft. During 1986, he and Canadian wrestler Ben Bessarab won the Stampede Wrestling International Tag Team Championship. In 1987, he won PWI's Rookie of the Year. Also that year, he branched out to Japan, where he wrestled for New Japan Pro Wrestling on several tours. On May 27, 1988, he won the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, becoming the first non-Japanese wrestler to win the title. After losing the title a little over a month, on June 24, 1988, he signed with the WWF. Instead of promoting him as Bret Hart's younger brother, Vince McMahon decided to create a mass superhero type, which played well to his high-flying skills. He broke into the WWF as the Blue Blazer, but initially it was going to be—he was going to be called the Blue Angel. He made his WWF pay-per-view debut at the Survivor Series 1988, but was eliminated, eliminated, even though his team won. He was he was basically a jobber. You know, he he was there to make all the wrestlers look good. He did make his last appearance with a loss and it was also his WrestleMania debut against Mr. Perfect. After that after that when he left the WWF, he went to go tour the world both with and without the Blue Blazer gimmick. He also returned to Stampede until it shut down in December 89. In 1991, Hart lost the Blue Blazer mask in a mask vs. mask match against Mexican wrestler El of thus bidding farewell to the Blue Blazer gimmick for now. In 1991, he wrestled five TV matches for WCW. He was actually in a bidding war, but he, he ultimately decided to return to the WWF that year, the then WWF that year. When Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart went their separate ways so Bret could focus on a single career, they decided to bring Owen in and put them together to call them the new foundation. You never put, When you put something new in front of a tag team that was successful, it's going to be bad in the end. They first feuded with the Beverly Brothers. They had their only pay-per-view match at the 92 Royal Rumble where they beat the Orient Express. When Jim left the WDR shortly after, Owen started a short singles running, including at WrestleMania against Skinner, which he won in about a minute and change. After WrestleMania, he teamed with Coco Beware, and they were called High Energy. They only had one pay-per-view match together at the 92 Survivor Series against the Head Shrinkers, which resulted in a loss, be- loss. In the beginning of 93, they quietly dropped the tag team And he started a singles career. I was actually upset that they dropped that gimmick. I thought they were two young guys who... They remind me of London and Kendrick. And I thought it was a bad idea. I thought they could have got some more steam out of them. Maybe for another six months, seven months. You know, just quietly dropped it. But unfortunately, when he started uh, his singles career, uh, he injured his knee and was out for almost two months. He also, the summer of 93, the feud between Bret Hart versus Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler was was taunting the Hart's family. And at SummerSlam 93, Bret Hart versus Jerry Lawler. Bret Hart lost, but he actually won. It was a reverse decision, or as I call it, a dusty finish. He He was one of the members that was trying to Get Brett off of him. To let him go from the sharpshooter. But you know it is what it is. Also that year. That same year. He won the USWA Unified. World title from Papa Shungo. That year at the 93 Survivor Series. He started. a will run. He'll turn after the match. It started when he and Brett. Crashed into each other. Causing him being the only member of the hearts eliminated that year was supposed to be Jerry Lawler and three handpicked nights. But when Jerry Lawler got arrested for the underage sexual encounter with that girl, WWF had a, re- WBF had to release him. And so they inserted Shawn Michaels back in and it was like, it made no sense, but they had to do something cause it was promoted as as an elimination match, so they, they needed somebody to fill in for Jerry Lola, so they picked Shawn Michaels, who wrestled Brett the year before. So it was like a little history between them two. Um, after the match, he came back and he got into an argument with Brett and his family, thinking that they didn't care about him and he was sick and tired of living in Brett's shadow. He and Brett made up a few weeks later. By Christmas of that year. At the 90, 1994 Royal Rumble. He and Brett all had a tag title shot against the Quebecers. When they lost the match. Because Brett Hart. Kayfabe hurt his knee. Um, the referee stopped the match. And Owen attacked Brett after the match. Blaming him for the loss. For weeks he was taunting Brett Hart. And he got a match against Brett. WrestleMania 10 or a coin toss and to me only defeated Bret in the greatest WrestleMania match in history WrestleMania is going on 36 years to me there will be never a match to compare to but if I had to compare one match would be Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania 21 but nobody that match between Bret Hart had so much passion and so much energy into that match and it made, it made Owen that night. After WrestleMania, when Bret Hart won the, won the title also that night against Yokozuna. And Owen vowed to duplicate what his brother did one year ago. And that was to win the 90, 1994 King of the Ring. He won. He won, which there was really not a lot of talent in there that, that shouldn't have won it. So it was like, it just set up for him. Um, he was taunting Brett. He wanted a shot. He wanted a title shot. Also, Jim the Anvil Nighthawk joined Owen uh, against Brett and the family. So to me, that was, you know, that was kind of cool. You know, inserting a Brett's former tag team partner uh, on his side. And then at Survivor Series 94, he got a title shot against Brett Hart in probably the greatest cage match in history. Not Hell in a Cell, but the greatest Cage match, the old big blue belt. He lost the match, of course. He then would interfere in Brett's matches to try and screw him out of the title. At Survivor Series '94, he was in the corner of Bob Backlund, and I quit match. Whoever threw in the towel first would 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 lose. And Bret hired the British Bulldog in his corner. Owen had. Owen was in Bob Backlund's corner. So, basically, Owen, to me, was had a great, 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 epic acting part. Looked like he was getting cared for his brother. His brother was getting hurt. Pleaded with his mom and dad at the at ringside who was sitting in the stands. He got his mom, he coursed his mom to... Take the towel and throw it in to make Bret Hart lose. And then all of a sudden. Owen decided. It was all an act. I screwed my brother. I'm happy I screwed my brother. And that's how it was. He. Uh, at WrestleMania 11. He vowed to win a title. And. He had a surprise partner. Which was. Yokozuna. Yokozuna came back. He was basically got buried alive in a casket match back at 94 Survivor Series and he returned. Realistically, he WWF made him go lose weight a little bit, so he came back and they defeated the tag, the smoking guns for the tag titles. They held it until 925-95 9, when they lost it back to the smoking guns. In the summer of 96. He and his brother-in-law, who's now a heel, the British Bulldog With Smith, they joined forces. They won the tag team, tag team titles at In Your House 10 against the Smoking Guns. Uh, they, also left, they also left their manager, Jim Cornette, uh, and got Clarence Mason, who Clarence Mason signed, convinced Jim Cornette, or you could say he conned him. Into signing over the contracts of the new champs. In early 1997, a tournament for the newly European Championship had started. He and Bulldog was in the finals, which the British Bulldog won, which to me was a very good match. Those those two had such a great match. If the tension built between the two bubbled over, a few weeks later, Owen demanded a title shot the following week. After many had thought. They were going to split a recently turned heel. Bret Hart appeared at ringside and stopped the match. Bret appealed to both Owen and Davey talking about the importance of family. Thus, the Hart Foundation reformed. And they also had Brian Pillman and Jim Night Hart in the next couple of weeks. He went on to win his first singles title of his career in the World Wrestling Federation. The Intercontinental title from... As we know him as The Rock. Rocky Maivia. He lost it at SummerSlam 97 against Stone Cold Steve Austin. After Stone Cold was unable to defend the title. After unfortunately a botched tombstone that Owen performed. At SummerSlam. Austin had to relinquish the title on a tournament. Was set. Was set of. To set with a new winner. And. Also. And also, he won back the Intercontinental title. He held it until Survivor Series that year after Stone Cold beat him again for the title. At Survivor Series in 1997, after the Montreal Screwjob, they kept Owen off TV for a month to let things cool down. They brought him back and he turned face for the first time since 1993. He feuded with DX and even had a shot at HBK on an episode of Monday Night Raw, if I'm correct, that was December 29th, 1997, he didn't win, but he also started a rival with Triple H, who was part of DX, and he actually won the European title from Goldust, who was dressed up as Triple H, but Commissioner Sergeant Slaughter upheld the decision. He lost it back to Triple H on an episode of Raw. He broke two bones in his foot, but uh, he lost it by the referee stopped the match when Triple H basically gave him a submission move and ankle lock. At WrestleMania 14, he had a rematch, but he lost Triple H when China interfered and low blowed him. Triple H hit the pedigree. Boom, one, two, three. He had one more rematch, but he lost when China was in a cage. Four weeks after Mania during a tag team match with Ken Shamrock, he turned heel during the match and joined the Nation of Domination. He feuded. He was the co leader with The Rock. He feuded with Shamrock throughout the summer. After the Nation quietly disbanded, he started teaming with Jarrett. I actually liked his team because they were actually really good friends. It was a team that nobody expected, but I liked him. And me and Jarrett... He and Jared beat Shamrock and Steamboat in early '99. They held it until April 1999, April 5th, 1999, to be exact, when they lost it to Kane and X-Pac. The team quietly disbanded when Owen resurrected his Blue Blazer gimmick. He was scheduled to win the IC, the Intercontinental title, from the Godfather on May 23rd, 1999. Unfortunately, a stunt that shouldn't even have been done. With his own heart's... despite Demise. He was supposed to be lowered by a harness and grapple line. He unintentionally triggered an early release. He flew... He hit... 78 feet to his death. He... Landed on the turnbuckle but also... Landed in the ring. As he was falling... You know, I could imagine what was going through his mind. He knew he was dead... The night after the WWF did a tribute show dubbed Ross Owen. No angles were, were booked and wrestlers did shoot interviews. He was only 34 years old. What's sad about it is is that this stunt should have never been done. He was such an amazing wrestler. I could imagine if he was still alive. In 99, just think about it. Jericho came in that summer in August. Benoit and Eddie Guerrero came in in the beginning of 2000. That would have resurrected his career. He would have had some great matches. Kurt Angle, my God. And I believe, if I'm correct, and he did, Kurt Angle wrestled Owen Hart in a dark match um, right before he passed away. Uh, his last match w- was with Jeff Jarrett against Edge and Christian in the house show. Um, they talk about he was one of the greatest rivers of all time. Like, not one person can say anything bad about Owen Hart that I ever heard. You know, they everybody loved Owen Hart. And it's a shame that he left... Two little kids behind and a wife. He only wanted to wrestle for another about five more years. They're about to... own. He bought a house. He built a house for them. And it was a couple of weeks away where, before they were going to be able to move in. You know, all the titles he won. And I'm going to tell you guys right now. He won the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. He was the Rookie of the Year in 87. He won... Stampede mid heavyweight title, the North American heavyweight title, two times, and he was a tag team champion in his father one time. He won the WWF European title one time, the Intercontinental title twice, and the tag team titles four times. He was also in 1994, he was had the feud of the year against his brother. Also that year, he was ranked 10th of top 500 wrestlers in the PWI 500. He was also 66 in 2003 of the PWI Top 500 Wrestlers. You know, a lot of people talk about should be in the Hall of Fame. Of course he should be in the Hall of Fame. He is one of the greatest wrestlers that I've ever seen underutilized, under talent that he is. He would probably have won the world title once or twice. I think in 94 he should have beat Bret Hart. Even on a house show. And then he could have dropped it back to him at SummerSlam when he lost it. But Bret Green Bret didn't want to do that. He wanted to be world champion. He didn't care about making all this money he could have made. Put somebody in a sharpshooter. Hall of Famer, yes. But. I believe Martha. And his kids. Said it best. You know. WWE is about making money. I love the Hall of Fame. But it's a non-fictional. I'm sorry. It's a. Fictional. Place. There is no Hall of Fame physical. Sorry not fiction. There's no physical Hall of Fame. If. WWE would turn around and say, Hey, you know what? Everything we make tonight is going to go to the Own Hart Foundation. I think she would be open to it. Her and her family doesn't talk. But hard, and them don't talk. None of them talk. And it's a shame. I honestly think that at the end of the day, maybe one day, they can get back together. But as of right now... The kids to this day think that wrestling killed their father. Yeah, they did. It was a stupid stunt that should never have been done before. You know, there were so many matches that he had that were great. I mean, as a blue blazer, there was really nothing. He was a jobber, but he made he made all the wrestlers look good. You know, I was going to do a top 10 of his career, but you know what? I just wanted to put out five standout matches to me. That was great. It's just my opinion. You know, his top top five of his career that I love. And like I said, this is my opinion. If you guys have any suggestions, what you think, you can follow me on Twitter at... T. eighty two. You can also follow me on Instagram at yanks twenty six x for life, on Facebook, um, Thomas Collella. I have a group. It's Atomic Tommy's Wrestling Podcast. I'm also on Spotify. You can at Atomic Tommy's Wrestling Podcast. You know, but my top five is in order. Is Owen. Owen Hart vs. the British Bulldog in the finals of the European Championship Tournament. In 1987 of February. That match was... Had the emotion... Two heels. They were... no, No baby face, no heel. And, you know, anybody could have took that match. But, you know, give it to Bulldog. He's European. Blah, blah, blah. He would be good. And, you know, even the match... ...a couple weeks after that... Um, ...right before they joined... ...the Heart Foundation... ...you know, that was a good match too... ...I mean, it got caught short because of Brett... ...to do the hole to, for them to do... ...the Heart Foundation reuni- reuniting... ...but... And him and Brett could reunite... ...but... ...honestly, I... ...that was my fifth match... ...favorite match of all time... ...my number four pick was... ...and I was flip-flopping with four and five... Was Owen and the Bulldog versus HBK and Stone Cold in Raw 1997? Um, HBK and Stone Cold both feuding with the Hearts, and Stone Cold and HBK did not like each other. I don't know if they respected each other, but they didn't like each other. But at the end of the day, they actually won the tag titles. Um, My number three was this was an awesome match. It was fun. It was great. It was the entire Heart Foundation um, versus all five of them versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Road Warriors, uh, Ken Shamrock, and Goldust in your house, Canadian Stampede. It was it was a cool match. It was it was fun. It was fun. Uh, the ending was okay. I mean, I didn't like the roll up, but that was just to to set up Austin and Owen. My number two pick, one and two. I did not know which one I wanted, but I'm gonna pick number two as Bret vs. Owen at WrestleMania 10. And I'll tell you why. The reason why I, I picked that match was because, yes, it was their first match and it was the greatest opener to WrestleMania in history. I said, if you wanna compare, WrestleMania 21's opener to me was better. I mean, not better, was great. But this is the greatest opener. The little brother coming out of the shadow. But my number one pick is Brett and Owen in the cage match with Old Big Blue in SummerSlam of 1994. I only picked that one as my number one because it was for the title. And to me, it was a great story because the whole entire Hart family was sitting at ringside and I just liked it. It was more emotion to me. The first one yeah the little brother beating the big brother but wrestle but Bret Hart vs Owen to me at SummerSlam was more emotion. That's just me. So I hope you guys enjoyed my first episode. I hope to hear some feedback. Like I said follow me on all my social networks. And I will be back next week. Thank you.